Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Our guests this week are Simon Marie and Tim McGann from Hustle Boxing, a new premium boxing studio that's currently based in Sydney's Potts Point. They've only been open six or seven weeks, I think. A while ago, these guys sat across from me to pitch their business idea, and they did it so well that I ended up investing in it along with one of my sons. I want to talk to Simon and Tim about the best way to pitch when raising capital for a new venture. That's really important. What is it you're pitching? What's your idea? Why is your idea different? Why did they decide that Sydney could handle another fitness studio in an already fairly saturated market and how they're telling their premium brand story through things like social media or just general organic growth without making it too exclusive or too inaccessible to potential clients? Or is that their deal? Is their deal to democratise boxing for all those people who want to go and try it? So let's get into it. Simon, Tim, welcome to The Mentor, guys. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I've got to declare my position early on. My son and I are shareholders in this business. But, you know, that's not the reason they're here. I reckon it's worthwhile listening to them because they've got a good story. Um, and I've known uh, one of them, Timmy, since he's a little boy. So uh, he's a man now, but he was a, he was a little kid, <laughs> real little, real young. Um, so what's the name of the business, boys? Tell everybody. I'll let Simon answer this one. So we're uh, Hustle Boxing is the name of the business. We're a high-intensity interval training studio um, using boxing and functional training. Right. So, I mean, uh, we're talking about a rising tide, you know, in, in this country at least. Um, fitness is a big deal. Um, everybody in Australia is really fit hungry. And um, we'll get into the business model in a minute. I guess uh, what I want to find out about from you two guys is why the fuck are you doing this? I mean, what did you do before this, Simon? Tell me the story. Yeah, good, good question. I think, yeah, definitely one that's worth going into. Um, I was with Ardent Leisure for about 10, 10 or 11 years. Uh, Ardent, uh, a business that owned, uh, owned at the time, AMF Bowling, uh, Dreamworld up on the Gold Coast, uh, main event in the States, Good Life Health Clubs, and I was in the Marina Division. So I worked in various roles within that division uh, and ended up basically looking after super yacht clients um, in Australia. Because they bought the CYC, didn't they? Or no, the, they the didn't. Dalbora? No, Dalbora. No, Dalbora. They bought Dalbora. Yeah, they're not yeah, CYC, the Dalbora group, not yeah. but Dalbora. Next door. Yeah. They bought, they, I, was, I remember many, many years ago doing a big, sort of big sweep up. They bought a whole lot of um, marinas they around did. the place. Yeah, they yeah. did. That, that's, ended, so, up, ended up when I was there with seven, so that's seven marinas around Australia. That's Arden. That was okay. Arden. Not right. anymore, but not it was Arden at the time. And what was your role there? I was. I ended up in a BD role. 
Yeah. Um, and what's yeah. that mean? So I was I was looking after all of the the sales in the business. So I'd I'd, I'd had all the managers report to me, uh, and and I my task was to keep them sort of thinking about sales whilst they they also had operational responsibilities as well. So you got a you got a BD uh, business development that's another word for running sales making sure that the Correct. the business sells sales that's sells right. whatever it is that their product and or the service is. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll move on to Tim. Uh Tim made I remember you were a carpenter or a chippy or somewhere. Yeah, it was, mate. Work for uh, your dad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, the old man was uh, was a builder, so uh, I grew up, obviously, uh, around tools, um, and it was just something that I guess I was just naturally, uh, I was uh, quite gifted at, so um, it was something that I guess when I got to a point um, when I was playing footy and I I, uh, I started playing professional when I, was, when I was 18, I got signed down at the Brumbies, and uh, before that time, I'd, I'd just started my apprenticeship out of school with uh, one of my old man's mates who was a builder. And that's where my building career sort of started, but then continued. But unfortunately, uh, it, it slowed up because of footy, which is fine. Um, but I kept uh, doing my courses. I finished my uh, builder's license during um, my footy career. And at the end of that, then I went into uh, building and developing uh, properties. I seem to recall you playing for West Tigers at one stage there. You, you, you didn't did. always, weren't always a rugby union bloke. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Uh, I had, uh, well, a year and a half, I guess you could call it, at the Tigers. Tim Sheen's actually got me across from, um, I was playing with uh, New South Wales at the time. Um, he came and watched the game when Scotland came out to play. And um, I didn't know he was there, obviously. And um, we, uh, the manager I had at the time, got uh, called upon from Tim and I went and had a meeting with him and I probably didn't really think about league too much. I'd never played a game of league in my life, but I'd always grown up watching the Roosters and um, obviously, uh, had mates that had played. Um, so I had one year there and, uh, it was the year we actually won the grand final. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't on the field, but, um, <laughs> I had a really good experience there and, um, I probably in one way, I probably kicked myself a little bit that, um, I didn't stay there longer. Uh, New South Wales sort of brought me back, uh, in the second year of my contract, but I, I, I felt like I probably could have given it more of a go. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, you know, you take turns. Uh, in your life and in your careers in different directions. And um, for whatever reason, at that time in my life, I thought it was the best decision for me. But probably looking back now, you know, I probably would have liked Wish to say- given a bigger crack. Yeah, mate, absolutely. We could, like be, a, listen to, we could be thinking about Tim McGann retiring from rugby league instead of Robbie Farrow. Yeah, mate, absolutely. But it's funny how things um, turn unlikely. out. Unlikely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mate, it's funny how things turn out because it's- um, it probably where I am now in, in in my life in regards to business. I would never be where I am now. If you had, had kept playing footy, absolutely, yeah. And I had I had a lot of different. You'd be a lot richer though, mate. Potentially. Well, <laughs> I've got lots of money now, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So a long way from the Wallaroos, mate. Um, at, at, down to down, down there at East. So on my left, we've got Simon, who's got experience in not only selling and making sure sales happen, but also got experience in. Um, that world where you've got to deal with people usually with money. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yep. And we've got Tim over here who's a ex-Waverly boy. Um, both ex-Waverly here, mate. Oh, both Waverly boys. Both okay. Waverly so boys, you knew each yeah. other at school? Yeah, we've, so we've been mates since we were 10 years old. Okay, so you grew up together. We've got Tim over here who's been a sports person but is also – so he understands sport because, you know, we're talking about um, gyms here today. I mean, that's – clearly associated with sports and fitness and health, et cetera, but it was also pretty handy on the tools. In other words, he knows how to do a, a construction. He can go and fill a joint out. Like he can go and construct a place, which is, you know, you guys have got to construct your businesses. 
Tim, I remember that you had some experience in a an F forty five or something like that down in Rose Bay. Uh, so, mate, we were involved. We had a Anytime Fitness down Anytime in Anytime Fitness, okay, yes. not F45, right. Yeah, right. so we, we built that from scratch. Uh, so, so just to explain about Anytime Fitness, because not everyone here knows what Anytime Fitness, that's a 24-hour deal? Correct. So it's a franchise. Uh, so Simon and I um, bought into that. Uh, Are you both in that, were you? Yeah, yeah we were. Right. And uh, another partner of ours, actually, who went to school with us was, um, I guess, a little bit more on the sidelines with it, but uh, Nick Reed And, um, mate, basically, we uh, we started that one from scratch. It used to be a blockbuster store. I remember uh, that. We went in there and did a bit of wheeling and dealing and took it over. Uh, and, mate, it was a great little business. Which means you got a good lease, is what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a great little business, um, but it was a side hustle for us. Simon was off doing uh, his stuff in the marina game. I had uh, some other little businesses on the side that I was also working on and also resi development. So it was something that we couldn't put our actual our heart and soul into, as you, as you could probably call it, but it was a great little business. It is a franchise and we felt limited in that franchise. But you got experience in running a gym. Absolutely, yeah. It was a very successful business. Uh, we've now sold that on for that reason because we wanted to start Hustle. Yeah, but uh, the, I mean, I think that the... The name of the game here is that uh, for the people who are listening, because everyone's going, oh, wow, I'd like to be able to set up. Oh, I've got a great idea for setting up a uh, a gym franchise or, you know, it's, it's not quite that easy. I mean, you've got to, A, you've got to know how to run these things. You've got to know how to get people in the door. You've got to know how to set it up. You've got to know how to renovate it and build it and or construct it. And then you've got to know how to run the bloody thing and you've got to know what other people's models are. So the Anytime Fitness model is a pretty good model. Um, I don't know. They what? How many a thousand? How many? A thousand? There's uh, there's over five hundred in, in Australia. Five hundred franchise. Time. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And and Same it's a new, new wave. It's a new model. It's uh, one of those models where they uh, you know, it's a twenty four hour thing. Uh, what is it? Card operated or something? You get in there by a card or a code yeah, or something. You've got, a, you've got a fob which allows you access to not only the gym that you're a member at, but it allows you access to any of the gyms around Australia and also the world. So you've experienced, um, you know, as an owner. Uh, um, the, the new wave of the new types of gyms, so you, which means that you're in the industry. So you, when you own this thing, you call it a side hustle, I'm sure you were examining all the time what other proposals there are, what other types of gyms are there. I mean, you're yeah. the sort of guy sort of saying... Yeah, we what? were. I mean, I think probably a key catalyst for the thing that got us into into what we're doing now was that we we looked at, you know, some of the industry events, we looked at um, trade shows did and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we did, absolutely. We, You know, when Tim says that we didn't put a lot of time in or it was sort of a side hustle. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we did it in the end. I think we, we put as much as we probably could. Re- we still uh, have probably, full- probably referring more to how much time we've put into hustle. Yeah, yeah, relative <laughs> to hustle. Um, you know, there was... Uh, I mean, what would you do? Your owners, your owners of um, the Anytime Fitness, would, you say, would one of you say, oh, there's a convention coming on up at uh, wherever it is. It Gold is Coast, for Gold example. Gold Coast, let's yep. go and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So we'd, yeah. we'd go up to that. We'd go to, we'd go to all the trade shows. We'd go to the internal conferences for any time. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a fantastic business. But for us, we, we yeah, I guess we got a bit of a taste for the industry and we looked at it a little bit deeper and what we thought there were some go, opportunities. That's what I know. So I know when, at what point do you say to yourselves, I reckon there's more opportunity in this. Pro- pro- mate, to be honest, probably with how much money we were making yeah. in it for relative to the amount of work that we had to put in. Yeah, yeah That yeah. was probably the, the catalyst, but it's also more a, to a really that. healthy- Explain that. So so we were off doing our full-time gigs, you know, yeah, I was with yeah. Arden earning X and Tim was doing his uh, building and developing and- Taking and, risks. And some other, yeah, taking risks, but putting in, you know, 95% of your time. And we had another business- uh, in in the the franchise gym business, where you know we were probably putting five percent of our time, but earning you know thirty or forty percent of our income. 
So that that was probably the catalyst for for us to say let's have a let's have a closer look at this industry. So we we did that, and the process was that we we looked at um, other models or other sort of um, franchises that were available within Australia. We looked within the collective wellness though? network how, how, how as that well. How that happened? How that happened? Tim and I just got together over we were on a the beer, beer somewhere. Said, or, yeah. Oh, I think t- I think I mean I think the moment I remember was. Uh, he would have been having a smoothie because he doesn't drink coffee, but I was having a coffee. He was having a smoothie on the balcony down at Rose Bay, and we, we looked at each other and said, "Let's have a let's have a better look at this." And so we we started, and it you know for over probably the next six months we looked at opportunities within the existing models in Australia. Um, we looked at you know other businesses within Collective Wellness, which is the parent company for any time. Uh, we looked at F forty five. We looked at well, you think you just let's get another franchise. We were, we were thinking that at the time. We were thinking that was an opportunity. It wasn't a very exciting one. For us, you know, we want to we want to put our heart and soul into a business and, and owning 10 franchises that can make you, you know, a mil, a mil and a half a year um, in, in your in your earnings. But for me, that and both of us, it wasn't exciting. You know, it wasn't something that was going to get us racing out of bed in the morning. So we preferred... Um, Jeez, that's a hard mark. A well, half a well, I think you've got to... Well, hey, if you can make the same money doing something you love, then... Then happy days, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, so we we wanted to look at something uh, that was a bit more exciting. So we exhausted sort of the options within Australia, and we just realised there was nothing that that excited us here. So we uh, in May last year we jumped on a flight because we we'd heard some things about businesses in the states, and I know you've had some other guests on here that have done similar things. Um, we jumped on a plane. We had a mate that lives in New York, and he said, "Come and check out a couple of the places over here." So we. We did a week in LA and a week in New York, and, and Mark knows that, mate. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and trained and drank our way through the states, but we we trained. Not a bad, you know, not a bad research. Yeah, trip. it was a re- yeah yeah. Look, we went pretty hard. We uh, we trained a couple of times a day at least, um, and checked out everything over there. And I've always really liked the American sort of service model, um, especially in New York. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. Sometimes it goes over the top and it wouldn't work in Australia, but I do like that they're so attentive and they, you know, they kind of work for their money and they're really respectful. I think we get it wrong in a lot of instances in Australia in the way that we deliver our service. So we looked at a few things over there, shadow box, and we looked at, you know, non-boxing things. We looked at SoulCycle, we looked at Barry's, we looked at Rumble, um, we looked at Prevail in LA, we looked at a heap of things and we took little bits of inspiration from everything uh, and still didn't have a really clear path of exactly what we wanted to do. We were thinking, do we do we look at bringing one of those brands back to Australia? Um, but we got back to the hotel room one night and had a good yarn about it and and just said, nah, fuck it, let's do it ourselves. Let's create something well, that's going to work for a Australia. A lot of people, Simon and Tim, are listening to this, right? And they're, they've got these ideas about whatever they want to, they think they can do, and they've got some experience or working in an industry, it could be... It could be in the beauty industry. It doesn't really matter. And we've had all sorts of people on this show, like Alison Egan, who, you know, she's got sparkling white smiles, is that what it's called? Yeah. And uh, obviously she had some experience and she decided to do it. And the difference between people who think about it and people who do it, it's only fine. It's not much of a difference, but it makes a big difference when the person does it. And for, for all those people sitting out there thinking, what I'm trying to think about it and, and don't ever fucking do anything about it, what I'm trying to work out here between you two guys is, what was it that made you get off your asses and actually go to America to decide to go and have a look at this in New York and go and hang out with uh, Rob's kid? Morgan Seek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the a in itself. Yeah, it's a bar called Uncle Chop Chop over there as well, yeah, which is quite handy. No, but I mean, like, what, I mean, like, you know, what's the thing that makes 
two young blokes. How old were you at the time? 30, 35? Yeah, were you 40 now? You must be getting close to 40, Tim. 38? 37, 38. Yeah, okay. Are you the same age? I'm I'm 38, yeah. Okay. Look, look a bit so better than Tim. This yeah. is what, three years ago? Uh, no, we're going back just uh, two years ago. Okay, so two yeah. years ago, 35. Yep. You both got jobs, you both got businesses, you're making good income. You've already at that stage you already sold um your your franchise? No. No, you still had it. So that was going okay. It was making good money for you. You said, "Okay, well let's go." Was it just oh, I'm I'm curious. Let's go and have a look or I'm going to fucking do something. What what was it? No, I think I think uh there's probably a little bit more to that story. Um the uh I think Simon actually rang me one day as well and said, "Mate, I want to come over and chat to you, mate. I'm I really want to look at, at making a mark on this industry. And and we would both had those conversations previous, like he'd already suggested. We sort of sat at my place, or was it Clovelly there, one afternoon, I think, and we started chatting about it. And and I think the big indicator for us was um, I'd always worked for myself and I have pretty much since I put, stopped playing footy. Simon's worked in a corporate role and, and I think it, it really appealed to him as well that we could start something together as, as great mates as we are and, um, and build – a bit more of a legacy behind something. It wasn't that we were, we were certainly not ever ashamed or whatever you, you might sort of how you interpret how we thought our business was at, at um, Rosebay at any time. We were very much proud of it and we still still are and we handed it off to the right person. I think it was about creating something that we created. And, um, and when we thought about going to the States, it was, well, we needed to go somewhere which had the best models not the second best or the third best, the best models. We knew as a competitive industry that if we didn't hit the mark, we were going to fail. And we're not those type of people. We, we both certainly strive to, to, for excellence and we wanted to build that legacy. And I think the idea of going to the States was we, we saw people over here and without being rude, there were, there were people here who have multiple franchises in different brands who do very well, but they're not extremely good at business. But they're just investors. They've just, they, well, they've probably hit things at the right time and good luck to them. They've just timed things right at the right time. They're bought into certain t- territories, sorry, at the right time. Um, and, and I think that was the big catalyst for us that we felt like we have the expertise to make a real go of this. We just have to find the right brand. We have to have the right strategy behind it. And then the next thing was getting the right people behind us on it. But I think I think a big point, maybe the thing you're looking for, Tim and I have always backed ourselves in, in whatever we, we do. Well, yeah, but what's the difference? Yeah, but a lot of people back themselves. But what, well, why did you decide to do this? I mean, like, I, I don't know. Was there a moment you think, "Fuck!" I, like I said, I mean, I'm trying to work out whether this is, this is a curiosity tour. Let's go and see what else. Or is this, mate? We're going to do this. No, we're, no at that stage, and we, we're going. We to, we're going to do our research in America, and yeah. we're going to come back with something. Yeah. Look, the uh, the Barneys that we had to have with our wives to get that trip um, meant that we were well, committed. I mean, you're going to meant, hang out meant, with Rob Sig. That's what they thought you're going to do. Meant, I, meant that we were committed to it. And when we we did that trip, uh, that trip cost us thirty grand or something, something or other. Um, we were committed. You know, yeah. this was this was serious. We we're we we're ready to go. Um, we knew we wanted to do this. We knew the opportunity, and we think there's a huge opportunity in the Australian market, even though it's extremely saturated. For the right business, we think there's a massive opportunity in did the Australian market. Did you get inspired market. by the F45s of the world? Did you sort of uh, say, "Well, we we can do that"? I mean, did, well, how much? How much? How much? What was money a factor in this? And did you sort of say we can make a shitload out of this? Yeah, look, absolutely. Like, I mean, uh, money's always going to drive people, and um, uh, I wouldn't say we're we're completely focused on the money. I think we also looked at the the lifestyle opportunity here of um, certainly for for both of us is getting extremely fit again, and uh, and being part of a, a really you know enjoying wanting to go to work and be part of sessions and working with really good people, 
And everyone to date that we've tried to bring on board was all about bringing people on for this journey and also the fact that where this journey can take us, we want the right people coming with us. We're not after flaky people that are going to come in and out of our business. Um, Where we grew and I guess how we got to even where we are now is absolutely strategic about who we bring on board. Nothing we've done so far is, is... is not well thought out, I should say. Um, and, and to even now, like the likes of yourself that we've talked to and, and, and other investors that we've got on board, it's all been very much, we've sat down, we've really thought about where we want to go and not just about where we want to be next year or the year after, but where we want to be in five to 10 years. Good morning, Matt. How are you going? I'm well, thanks, Mark. What have we got this week for sale? What business are you going to put up there on the stage for this week for sale. Mark, I've got one in Victoria this week. It's a very interesting business. It's um, a fitness centre. It's over 750 active members. The owner's taking around 300000 a year. Um, he's established seven years and he's looking for a sea change. Okay, and uh, would you need to be like a fit person to own one of these? Or I mean, what's the deal? How do you, how, who, who are the buyers of these types of things? Or is it investor or is this individual going to stay on? How does it work? Look, this one can be either. I think there's each business that's, you know, its own merits. But this particular one is run by the owner currently and they're taking around 300000 You could easily uh, use one of the managers already in place and drop their back to 200000 Right, and, okay. And put it under full management. And what sort of money are we talking about here? Around the 800000 And the best thing about this one, the owner also owns the building. So you've got the flexibility of maybe even acquiring the building now or at a later stage. Right, so I presume at least the owner's one thing for sure is the owner's going to give whoever the buyer is a really good lease, um, and you know, and if you're buying a business, make sure your lease and you're paying good money for it. Make sure you've got a lease that actually reflects the fact that you're paying good money. In other words, you want a good long lease, a good quality lease for, for these businesses when you buy them. Don't go and buy a business with one year left on a lease, because especially if you're in the sort of this sort of game like fitness or some sort of retail industry. All right, Matt, thanks very much, mate. Now, if you want to buy a business or you want to sell a business. You can go and contact Matt Holland, and he is at allsales.biz. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Mark. You've gone America. You've come back. You've seen what everybody else's model is. You've sat down, and you've decided upon a product and a name. How did you work out what the product was? Out of all the shit you looked at. Yeah, definitely. So so the big hook for us, pardon the pun, was was boxing. Um, Why? Because we feel that boxing is something that's always going to have relevance. It's been it's a sport, as you well know, has been around for a long time. There's a lot of passionate people in the game, um, but in our opinion, no one's ever brought it mainstream. So no one's ever made it comfortable enough for, as an example, a corporate girl to walk into a studio uh, and not feel sort of a bit intimidated by the big fella with the tattoos and uh, the scary looking girl in the corner. Um, we wanted to make it premium and we wanted to make it mainstream. Um, and that's, I mean, that was our, that was the big catalyst for, for what is for it you what took out done. of a typical, what did you take out of a typical boxing gym? What did you extract or subtract from a typical boxing gym that made people feel intimidated or made the, made the mainstream Aussie boy or girl not want to go there? Yeah. So the smell is a big one. Yeah. You, know, you walk into a boxing gym and, some people, I love the smell some, of the PCYC. I was about to say, some people love it, I'm sure. You know, it brings it, it brings you in the right frame of mind. Yeah. But for other people, that, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah got that. Yeah. Um, it, things, probably things that we, we, we added, 
you know, beautiful fit outs, amazing customer service. Like that's Clean huge bathroom. for us. Our bathrooms are inspired off off day spas. So the feedback we're getting when when a guy or a girl goes in there and gets to use Dyson hair dryers and curlers and you know, we went down to the level of making sure the water pressure was right in the showers. Fresh towels for everyone, bathroom products. It's it's like going into a, you know, a beautiful airport lounge or a or a Middle Eastern hotel bathroom. It's 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 beautiful and it's comfortable so that anyone that comes and trains with us, train, get sweaty, have a shower, go downstairs, jump on the train and they're at work in 20 minutes. And that's really important. We wanted to make it so that someone walks in there and they say, they map out their, their training session. They say, right, I can, I can do this. I can, I can easily stay here. I don't have to go home because I'm worried about getting tinier on my toes from, from the grubby bathroom <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's beautiful. And, and and so and and then that that's that's the sort of the aftercare bit. I mean, I get that because probably some people would prefer to be in your bathroom than in their own bathroom. Um, what about yeah, definitely? Well, yeah. What about the what the product is in? That's part of the product. But what about the actual main part of the product? In other words, the workout, the studio. So it's uh, one of the, one of the things that we wanted to to nail was that it's again it's very comfortable, so that anyone that walks in, whether you're a, whether you're a pro fighter or you're an absolute beginner you've never put a pair of gloves on you can get a great workout and you don't feel out of place so, How's it work though? Tell me so, what so so the way that works is we we bring the lights down so the actual space the studio space is i guess it, you'd say it's modeled on a nightclub so we've got led lighting in there we've got great you know can lights that we can lower um we've got 65 inch screens in there that show you the workout um and it's effectively uh, it's it's almost like a party space, and it's it's an experience. So you walk everyone that walks in there for the first time, their jaw drops. It's just amazing. It looks beautiful. You've got twenty five water bags hanging from the ceiling on one side of the room, and you've got twenty five functional stations on the other side of the room where you're doing your your strength based training. So the class we've got sort of six different classes and different round timings and all that sort of stuff. Um, but effectively, you spend half your time on the on the aqua bags. And half your time on the functional floor, uh, and I mean the workout. We quickly realised Tim and I like we've got sporting and backgrounds, and we trained, but we're not experts in the field. You know, we don't claim to be. So from early on, we, we knew we had to bring on the best people to help us with the the training and the programming. So we brought on three people. Uh, one one is a guy named Dan Con, who I think you're familiar with, Mark. Mm-hmm. Dan was previously with X, F45, previously a Sydney um, Roosters player. Yep. Um, Champion guy, really, really an expert in his field, and he uh, he's helped us with the programming. Another fellow, Andrew Papp, who's a who's an absolute freak in fitness. He's just come back from a two hundred and seventy k run through the European Alps. Um, and then Dan Dan's partner Elise Wichello, who's a who's a gun boxer, um, good marketer as well. So they're they're all they're all integral to the programming, but they're also integral to the promotion of the business. So the so the actual workout. Is phenomenal. Because so that's why I want to make sure it's not all show, all no, show, no not go. At all, not that's at all. That's an old saying so, that we used to use. But uh, so you tell me. I mean, at the end of the day, it can be fucking beautiful bathrooms. It can be all night, nice lights, and you know everything looks cool. Everyone's beautiful. But you tell me now, uh, why is my workout there going to be? If um, not necessarily me, but say somebody who's likes to box, 
or like to train with a boxing in a boxing. Still environment. waiting for you to come, by the way. Oh, I know. I'll be there sooner <laughs> or later. But um, but, but and I definitely will come. Don't worry about that. Uh, but I want to see what my money bought me. But um, but, <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. But uh, I, 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 but I, what I want to know is what, what the program itself, the product itself, because you know the, the beauty of it, the aesthetics will only last so long. People got to yeah. say, "Should I'm actually getting a good sweat up?" Yeah. How do you work that through? Yeah, I mean, the evolution of this brand uh, keeps growing every day. And, and and right now, um, I think it's 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 hugely exciting for for both Simon and myself, and and uh, Simon touched on Dan, Andrew and Elise, and and they're not just um, uh, sort of I guess people who are promoting our business. They they absolutely we call them partners in our business, and they are exactly that. They're there for the journey, um, and and for right now, where we're the evolution of this brand, as I just alluded to, is growing every day, and it grows every day because opportunities keep arising ideas keep coming to us um we we don't where we went where we're going with this brand now is not just about another studio or another like you just suggested why are we any better why we're going to be better is um the evolution of this brand we're not sitting still and and relying on i and f45 what they did or trying to emulate that or even the things that we saw in the states and the different models we saw in the states we've taken bits and pieces from that and created our own brand and an example of that is um, there's brands in the state that use the, uh, one's a big one, which is Rumble, and they use a 10, 10 rounds of three minute rounds. And um, for for us, we felt like that could get a little bit boring throughout doing that every day. Now we wanted this training to be something that people could go and do if they wanted to do it two, three, four times a week. This could be their training. They didn't have to technically go and do other training. And the ability to to give someone that experience meant that you had to change the training up. So every day is different. Now, when you go into a Monday session, you're going to do eight rounds and you're going to do four-minute rounds, and it's a lot more speed-based. Now, then you're going to go into a Wednesday and you're going to do 14 rounds and you're going to do two-minute rounds. Then you go to Thursday and you're going to do 10 rounds with three-minute rounds. Then you go to a Friday is going to be different. Saturday is our godfather, which is 16 rounds doing two-minute rounds. So it's an hour. The hour evolution class. of this brand just keeps growing. The idea of us using our strength-based work, which is using wire bells, which is a new concept that's come out to Australia, which was created by a guy through Bondi named Aaron. Then there's some we're using band work, which is which is a fantastic eye-centric and eccentric. Um, uh, exercises that uh, is, is amazing in regards to strength and also rehabilitation work. So, the ability of where this brand can grow has has can progress because of the fact that our strength based training has no roof on it. You know, boxing will always have its its limitations in regards to you hitting this aqua bag, which is amazing for your wrists and it's and but the aqua bags are out here. You know, there's plenty of gyms that are using aqua bags. The ability that we have and why I believe we're different is because of our strength base and our functional training. And that's why we, we got the likes of Dan and Andrew Papp, who are absolute masters in Australia in that craft, of how that can evolve. And the ability of that to evolve is where our training will never get tiresome, it'll never get boring, and people will always see results as they as we keep improving. So, okay, so, I mean, I think, just keep, like, for example, what's today's Wednesday we record on Wednesday for Friday. So what will I get if I went on a Wednesday morning? Like, like you talk about strength. So like, I mean, I guess I'm, you, you're hitting the bag in the session. Absolutely. So you'll, you'll always do the exact amount, the same time you'll do on the bag, the same time you'll do on the floor. So you might start on the bag and you'll be doing, you might do, for instance, you'll do four rounds of two minute rounds. 
Then you'll swap and you'll go on the floor and do four two-minute rounds. Then you go back on the bag and you do another three two-minute rounds. And then you'll go back on the floor and finish with three two-minute rounds. So you'll always do the same time on the floor as you will on the bags. On the bags, you're going to be doing two different exercises throughout that time. You'll see them on the screen. So the technology that we've created around the actual viewing for the customer. So we wanted to create a journey that, especially for someone who's never boxed before, they're going to get lost. And having wording up there or numbers is really hard for someone who's never boxed and they're not going to understand it. Mm. So the idea of having, we've got, we shot it in 4K. We've got these massive 65 inch, inch Samsung TVs that people can, someone can sit there and go, right, great. My indicator is I've got this trainer who's sitting there showing me what to do. That's my indicator. And they're getting around and being able to help me. Then I've got this indicator that I can see this TV and it's actually showing me exactly what to do. There's Dan and Elise up there on that that's been shot in high definition, hitting that bag, doing a one-two or whatever it might be or a hook. And then on the functional, it's the same, right? They're grabbing the wire bell. They're lifting it above their head. They're doing a curl. They're doing a snatch. They're doing a squat. So for someone who hasn't trained a lot before to someone who's trained every day of their life, the ability is you can work as hard as you like or as easy as you like. We'll obviously encourage everyone to work as hard as they possibly can because we want them to get results. But at the same time, if someone wants to go at their own speed, they have the ability to do so. And it's not in an environment because of the dark lights, the big music, that if I am intimidated, I can choose to be at the back of the class until I get enough courage that, yeah, okay, now I feel like I can push myself down towards the front of the class or I'll take a mate with me or whatever it may be. So we wanted to create an experience for people that wasn't intimidating. And we talked about it before. There's, there's so many people, and, and we learned this through originally through the first gym, was people will walk past the gym three or four times, won't go in. Then they might go up to the front door and then they pull back again. And then they go, and then all of a sudden they go in the foyer. No one greets them, so they walk out. Then they come in maybe the sixth or seventh time and then finally someone greets them properly and then they actually, okay, now I'm going to get into this space. We, As much as this is about, it's about money, obviously, like it's got to drive that business, it was about, this is, this is about us trying to help people in regards to, we really felt about giving back with making people feel comfortable in coming into our space. And that's a big part of what Simon's huge ethos was, was us getting people in and making them feel comfortable. And that starts with that customer service. You know, if I walk into a gym and no one talks to me and I'm already apprehensive about what's going to take place today, there's nine times out of 10, I'm never going to come back again. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it's not just about the training. I mean, the training's a big, big element in this and you've got to get it right, but anyone can come in and replicate that. Someone could come in and do five sessions with us and walk out and take notes and all of a sudden they're, they're doing exactly what we're doing. But this, this is about, you know, this will be successful because we're nailing every single element of the business. So... From the second you walk in the door, when you're greeted by someone with a smile on their face and they say g'day and they, they say, is it your first time here? And they show you the ropes, um, you know, to using the bathrooms, to the to the great experience you have in the studio. Um, you know, we went down to the level of, we've got Hugo Grisman from Flight Facilities, a really popular, um, you know, EDM group, Sydney-based, played at Coachella and and played all around the world. He, he does our music. So, so... It's just one more element that we're we're nailing to make it an amazing experience. So it's not just about the training; it's it's about everything you get when you walk in the door. So that's the product, and I get it. It's about product and service. Um, and uh, what's what's the financial model? So, how do people pay? Do they pay monthly, yearly, weekly, is daily? It, yeah. Session? So I mean, there's there's options. You can drop in. You can just drop in and do a class. Yep. 
and then you've got various packs that you can purchase. So you can an introductory offer that we've got going at the moment that a lot of people are buying is you buy three three classes for seventy five bucks, and then you can move on to a ten pack, uh, where we where the, there's an added benefit of getting a free session when you pay for your ten. And then beyond that, there's uh, membership options for three, six, and twelve months. Um, and that uh, we're really new. We've only been open sort of six or seven weeks now. So there's a journey that people go on, we're, we're, and we're seeing that that as we first open, people are buying those three packs. People are now moved on to the ten packs, and then after that, they start moving on to the uh, the membership options because they want to they want to understand that you know they want to try it out. It's a great experience, but they want to know is this my daily fitness regime? Yeah, is this and it me? is. It absolutely is. I mean, that's a and what's your retention so far? Like, so people all staying retention coming. retention so far is a hundred percent, and 100%. the feedback has been absolutely phenomenal. And how many people can you? What, what's your um your capacity? In other words, yeah, what's so your limitation for one one gym? That example? was. I mean, look, that was that Where was is a big drive. Potts Point, Where, Victoria right. Street, Potts Point. Um, we we were we were very conscious of this. For this to work, we needed to get good numbers in the door. So we've built the class to handle 50 people and we've been maxing out a few classes on Saturdays. The vibe is just electric in there. It's great fun. But a big, uh, and a, you know, this is a, a really important point. People probably hear that figure and say, oh, geez, that doesn't sound like fun training with 50 people. We built it so that if you're training and there's, Tim and I both did the session this morning. We had about 15 in there at 6.15 in, in the morning um, and it felt, amazing because the music was up it's dark you can't see that half the room's empty but similarly when there's 50 people in there you can't see that half the room is full yeah uh, it doesn't make any difference it's great fun either way so to get 50 in a class versus say an f45 model where you're sort of putting 32 or 36 capacity max you can see where the revenue numbers start really adding up so great product by the sound of things it's, it's working people like it it looks cool um it's and it's different what everybody else is providing out there. Big game and everybody's listening to this thing, they're always asking the same question, how the hell do you make people aware of this shit? I mean, like, how do you build your awareness campaign? Yeah. Apart from coming on my show. I mean, how do you build your awareness campaign? What are you doing in social? I mean, I do watch your stuff on social, but how's that going? Good, good. Yep. So, I mean, digital is massive. I know you're passionate about it. We're, we're very passionate about building an audience. We've had a probably... Uh, We've been through a couple of stages already in, in how to best promote this and we've just just brought on a digital specialist who's going to focus on that side of things and that includes things like Facebook advertising and SEO and SEM and all that sort of stuff. And Yeah, all, all of that stuff that's extremely important and we're not experts at. We know enough about it so that we can manage the process um, but we needed to bring a gun on board that, that yep. was very good at that. Um, but the other side of it is the organic social. So... Um, just by default of having our three partners in the business who have all got big followings, I think between the three of them, there's over 600,000 followers that they've got um, and they're promoting the hell out of the business for us because they believe in it. Um, and we're also, we'll, we'll use influencers, but we're not paying any influencers. So this is about genuine relationships and that's I think that's really important. I think gone are the days where you just throw someone five grand and say, put a post up for us. Yeah, yeah totally. I think it's bullshit. It's got to be genuine. So so we're inviting people in and building relationships with them, whether Tim and I knew them or Dan and Elise and Pap know them or various investors know them. We're sort of leveraging all the networks that we can to get people in. Um, and we've got 
guys and girls with a million followers coming in and posting for us and all that sort of stuff because they love it. We're not asking them to. We haven't asked anyone to do anything for us in that regard. Um, they're doing it because they're enjoying the workout. They're loving the space. And that's helping us. So you're doing organic, organic digital. Reach. So you're getting other people to, you know, put stuff up on their on their accounts. Yep. I guess there's some sharing going on too between accounts and your own stuff. You've got your own digital specialist, which I'm always saying is like critical. Um, I presume you've got someone. Um, uh, I, I guess the digital individual, the digital person, is actually gathering data too. Because I mean, you're, you're a data business, so you should be gathering as much data as you can about everyone you can, because that's yeah. valuable. At once, who knows how you're going to sell that, but yep. it's going to be valuable one day. Um, and, uh, I, I guess it's your business is made for, you know, Instagram, Facebook and that sort of stuff because it's all beautiful and pretty and nice lights and f- happening and movement and there's music and there's shit going on. Like it's just perfect for putting up on in terms of filming. Um, it is, yeah. But so we, you, we even you're went constantly a, at it. We went a step further than that and, you know, design walls in the place with the right lighting so that you get the best Instagram shot. So we, we were very conscious that, if a business is Instagrammable these days, then you're, you're halfway there. Um, and we're finding that uh, we've got a number of spots within the business that people are just gravitating to and getting their photo and sharing it. And it's just free promotion for okay, the brand. Okay, the hard question now, because you know, this can't be all about easy questions. So there's going to be a hard question, okay. So got a great business concept. It's a concept. You built your first one at Pots Points, going seven weeks, going good. Everything's nice. You know, it's all happening. The next thing is, well... Hang on, uh, I don't live in Potts Point. I don't live around there. I want to go. I live in Bondi, or I live in um, Ashfield, or wherever. How do you get to those people? You got to open another one up. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, absolutely we have to open another one up, and uh, that's there's a DA that'll be lodged. The so where's the money come from? Because uh, this is not cheap. Absolutely. So we um, our initial, um, I guess, business plan that we put together when we when we got back from the states and we worked out how we're going to actually achieve what we we're looking to achieve. So you raise money. Absolutely. So we we uh, we sat down and we said we need to raise capital. So mm. we uh, we raised just under three million dollars. Uh, we've got eleven investors on board, mm. and those eleven investors came through all through our network. So there, there's not one uh, investor that we have on board that um, Simon and I didn't personally know beforehand, or have had something to do with throughout our yep. lives. Um, so we managed to con 11 blokes into it uh, and one <laughs> Sheila, which was good. Um, but, um, I guess right now where we are, we're, uh, we're in a nice position that that meant that we could open a number of, uh, gyms in, in a, in a space of time. But I mean, the driver for that was that, um, we, we believe so much in this space, in this premium fitness space. And that's what we are. Like that's, that was the gap in the market that is, there's no one doing premium fitness, right? Um, we knew that there's going to be copycats on this. So if we open one and sit on our laurels and wait till it makes enough money till we can open another one, we get overtaken. Someone else will grab this yeah, and so run you speed with it. the market, yeah. So but tell me so, the answer the question. How are you going to get another one up? You've got to, got to open so, another one up. So, we've, yeah. so, yeah, DA will be lodged this afternoon um, for another site. In the so eastern breaking suburbs. News. Yep. And um, that's going to be in the eastern suburbs, yeah. It's at a very iconic uh, space. So you listeners can probably try and guess where that may be or may not be. Um, and and then off the next door to me or something in Watson's Bay. <laughs> yeah, maybe a big stereo. But and um, but uh, look, right now where we are in the business, um, we actually haven't probably told you this yet. Uh, we normally have our maybe one. We've got a, a big month. dividend coming, have we? Yeah, <laughs> mate, no, it's not a dividend <laughs> coming in twenty twenty eight. But we, there's there's a lot of opportunities that are already opening themselves up to us. Um, we've had already uh, we've had contact from people in India, we've had people contact from people in Singapore, Hong Kong. 
who have already seen our brand and who want us to franchise it and look for opportunities over there. Uh, our original business model was always to keep private ownership, hence why we did the capital raise. So right now, um, we've got some decisions to make over the next sort of month of where we actually now see the business. Because it's capital going. hungry. I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, 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 I mean, unless you franchise it, which is why everyone franchises because they're not capital hungry. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the usual model is I set up the first one. It's unbelievable. Everybody wants it. Then I just franchise that. I don't need yeah. to raise yeah. any more capital, but, which yeah. means. That's that's what uh, Deutsche's done. Like is it, it is it is, and I think for F forty five, like Deutsche's obviously a brilliant operator, and and they've done extremely well, and they're going to continue to do. But extremely they made the well. money out of selling franchises. They too. did. They, they did. That's and, part of it. And so the the issue we've got with this is that we're so proud of the brand, and we're so keen on you know maintaining the integrity of the brand. We're hesitant to franchise yeah, it because we're we're concerned. Guys, I've sent you an email. I know. I've I've read said, it. Be fucking careful. No, I know. Because like, I've seen people do this before and they don't grow fast enough. Yep, sure. I, now, I the, agree. The, the, the issue you've got to work out is do I, do I just pull my pants down and go mad and grow fast and I do a franchise, which is what everyone else has done and mm. I know you don't want to do what everyone else has done, but mm. that's, that's, a good, that's a good attitude. Or do I sit back and I keep control of this? Mm. And uh, it's always going to be an issue for you. I, mean, I don't well, know the answer, a, yeah, by the way. I mean, I think there are there, there are other ways to, to do it, though. There are other ways to get money, as you as you well know, and we might be knocking on your door again at some point. But um, we think at, at this stage, this is a big strategic decision for us to make, and we're not going to take it lightly. No, no, totally. Because that, that brand is so important. And if we get it wrong, if we get the experience wrong anywhere – it could damage all of it because it's this isn't as I said it's not just about the training. You can't just build a hustle boxing studio and and expect it to to knock it out of the park. I mean, you've got to nail every single element of this. And if you don't have people that are one hundred percent committed to the brand running the show, then there's a there's a risk of getting it wrong. So to, so to some extent, that's a strength and a weakness. It is at the same time of the business yeah. model. It is, and you, which yeah. means you've got which is okay. Everything's got a strength and a weakness, but. That means you've got to manage it. Weaknesses we've got to manage. Strengths we play to our strengths. Weaknesses we train to mm-hmm. or we manage. Jack Gibson, that's his famous saying. Play to your strengths, train your weaknesses. Mm. You've got to identify your weaknesses. You can't say, I don't have a weakness because you do. Mm. We all do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the game here is you've got some big strengths, but you've got also, also some weaknesses. And part of it's going to be growth at the appropriate speed or fast enough on the proviso of what amount of capital does does it require? Mm. Absolutely, and yeah. that's a tricky one. Our yeah, weakness will be will be lack of capital at some point for or sure. Or growth and absolutely capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and right now it's it, it's a it's a really interesting analogy that I'll make around F forty five and as Simon suggested and everyone has they've done an amazing job and we know Rob and rah rah and but they also came into the market at a very interesting time and, and, and a time where no one had seen this space and that's why they've done amazingly well and they've been able to sell a lot of them very quickly and, and get them up to speed, that opportunity isn't available yeah, gone. anymore. Correct. So, uh, so uh, well, it may not be available. No. It's not as as available. Absolutely. Because so, they've saturated the market. Correct. So hence why we had to find a market and we identified that market. That market was a premium space. Now, premium space isn't being able to open 500 of hustles in throughout Australia. You know, it might be 15, 20, it might be 30 maybe, you know. It, it, that's the difference in our model and that's why we're, we are hesitant to just jump into franchising and the like totally. straight away. Yeah, yeah. But there are other opportunities. There's license agreements you can do to, to countries. There's potentially, you know, district area um, license agreements that you can do. So 
we are certainly open to those opportunities, um, but we are trying to keep our sort of our head level in that what the original business plan was, because we still are very young in regards yeah, totally. to where we are. Yeah, as we, a business. yeah, we want. I mean, we want to keep our options open. Our focus at the moment is making this brand, cementing the brand, and making it really tasty, so that whether it's private equity, look at it in five years' time, or or there's a second capital raise. Uh, or it's franchising. We just, I, I think you can't go wrong by cementing the brand and doing the right thing. Uh, and then the options, those options, hopefully will will all still which be there. Which one of you two years. is the go, go a million miles now and, and the other, and which one of you two is a no, hang on, let's have a look at this? Probably me a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> I'm on the gun, mate. Yeah. yeah and what about <laughs> Simon? Uh, I, I'm, my absolute passion is is the brand. And so I'm probably no, no, pulling, me, a, the pulling a little bit back. Simon, yeah, okay. So you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're the you're, you're just, just, just hold to keep your powder dry, so type of thing. Yeah, oh, look, I want to grow as fast as we can. As are well, you the overthinker? But do, doing it. Are smart. you the overthinker? Pro- probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> and you're maybe the underthinker. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a, yeah, probably. Okay, right. so, nice. so, okay, so, but I can just see you two guys getting fucked in the head, like sitting around, sort of, uh, you know, you come with a great idea, mm. but the big trick going forward, like the the key. Going forward is how do you blend the the underthinking and the overthinking? In other words, let's have a crack and oh no, let's be careful. Mm. That's that's and I could just, I mean, I, I don't know. I could just sort of see the two of you sort yeah. of so so not we, changing. How do you how do you? But we do have a way mediate? to do that. We we do have a way to do that. How's that and done? So so oh, it goes well. Look, Tim and I have our bust ups and and being mates for thirty years. You you know we work really well together, but we have disagreements all the time on things. We're both so passionate about this business and and where it's going. How do you um, fix and we've got it? strong answer opinions. Me, Simon. Well, the answer. Well, okay. So the answer <laughs> really is that nice. we're bringing. Fuck him. Don't so, worry about what he thinks. So, just tell me. So the the way that you won't hurt my feelings. No, you can't hurt his feelings. So so the way that we're dealing with it is the stakeholders in the business. We brought strategic investors on board. You know, you're one of them, Mark. Um, but we've got some guys that have got amazing experience in growing businesses like this, and we've created uh, an advisory board for the business. And we're going to sit down with the advisory board and we've got a meeting scheduled in the next fortnight to map out sort of the next six months and the next 12 months. So Tim and I, whilst we, you know, legally we can make all the decisions, we're not going to disrespect the fact that we've got some unbelievable strategic investors on board with us and we're going to take their advice. And, that, and we're going to continue to do that from from now right until whatever the end date of this business is. So that's that's how we get. If we disagree on something, um, you know, generally it's it's a it's a pretty big issue, and we're going to bring people on board. What about if the advisor board says something you both you, you both completely disagree with? Well, that you both would disagree with. What about oh, the yeah. advisory board says well, to you? Yeah, okay. do this. Yeah, good, 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 good point. I think if if that happened, we're we're very. Uh, we, we back ourselves, like I said at the start. Well, what um, happens? And if, well, well, we can tell them to get fucked <laughs> if we really want to <laughs> really? because they're an advisory board. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I, let's assume, <laughs> for example, I'm your advisory board because we've got to finish the podcast because we're running short time. But but what question would you ask me? I, I, my question would be around, around the business um, and we've sort of touched on the growth and how to do it best, but what would, what would your – preferred method, knowing what you know about hustle. Yeah. Um, there's obviously I, I, more to say. What, what would your preferred method of, of so how we I grow this? Know. I actually don't know the answer to the question, okay? Um, so it's a good question. Uh, it is a good question. I don't know the answer to it. And, um, and that's probably a fair answer. I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about what the market's doing. I'd have to sit down and ask you 50 questions, and some of which you might not even know the answer. You would want to go and check out. But um, 
and you'd have to assess the appetite of everybody, put money in again. There may well be a third investor or a foreign investor. You might have, because I'm sure that there are people, like you mentioned, Singapore and various other places. I'm sure there are people over there or funds, funds over there or, or, um, uh, you know, venture capitalists, mm. you know, we're all venture capitalists, but proper venture capitalists, in mm. other words, people who do this for a living, who might be interested in slinging you like a good, a good percentage, um, sorry, a good amount of money for a percentage, um, not the same as, you know, at a different rate that the original investors invested mm-hmm. in. So I'm not sure if you're really at that stage yet. You probably need to get one more of these up before you can actually start to put a big value on the business. Um, so my gut feeling is, my just my gut feeling is probably you should open your second one if you can yep. and just get up and running and get those two cemented in and go for it. And then yeah. perhaps then look at your options about how to, where do we put our third one in and where do we get the funding for a third one? Sure. That's sort of my feeling. Yeah. I, I'm a bit in your camp. I wouldn't go too hard, too mm. fast. Mm. You've only been at six or seven weeks mm. in terms of in terms of being open. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about competitors. I, I, my view is you don't think about other people coming out to compete with you. If you do that, you go fucking mental. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we know, focus you, on our own game, yeah. Totally. You've got to focus on your own game. And really your game is to do, you know, okay, you want to copy me? Well, you'll copy me what I did before. I'm exactly. now doing something we'll different. We'll just, you just, and Tim was talking about the evolution of your product and your service, et cetera. So I reckon you just uh, spend what you you can afford to spend at the moment, get a second one open up, and then think about, you mentioned licensing, all those things, just put it into the, you know, into the mix. Sit down with your advisory board mm. and see what their view on it is. But even the advisory board, I'll be honest with you, they're not in what, they don't do what you do. They're not young like you. They're investors, they're not operators, which is what you are. They'll always be thinking about their investment, ultimately. That's what they're going to be thinking about. Rightfully so. Yep. And they don't want to get necessarily diluted. On one hand, but at the, on the second, uh, they might be thinking, yes, I want to put some money in, but I only want to put it in at a better value. Or if someone comes in, I want to, you know, there's they're, they're going to have a different agenda to you. Mm. Um, I guess that's why they're an advisory board, Mark, and yeah, that, yeah. they were set up that way. Yeah. So there's no there's no official power there. We still make all the no, decisions. Yeah, but I mean, you know? in terms of the fact that they're there, you're going to be listening to them. But ultimately, everyone's backing you, and you and you said you back yourselves, but you have to back yourselves to, to fail too, just in case. Mm-hmm. So... Me, I'm an older bloke. I'm much more conservative. Um, I wouldn't do what I would have done when I was your age. Mm. Um, but the reason people like us invest in people like you is because you would do what we wouldn't do. In a weird sort of way, we're sort of hoping you would take some risks that we wouldn't ordinarily take. We wouldn't admit that to you as investors, but really deep down what we're hoping is you'll take some risks and be successful because yeah, of, of course, it. Of course, absolutely. We don't want you to be unsuccessful, but if you ask us officially – We'll say don't take a risk. Hmm. No risk, no reward. But then if uh, uh, unofficially, we're hoping the fuck you would take the risk and we won't know about it. We'll wake up the next morning, you've done something brilliant. Consider it done. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> That's sort of how it works. Yeah, great. That's why, you know, you got the older blokes, some of the older, I, I only know one or two of them, um, but I know that's the sort of style of thinking. Guys, I'm going to have to sign off because I've got another podcast I've got to do straight away. Um, hustle boxing, I declared it early, I'm a shareholder. No big deal. Um, but these two boys here, they know what they're doing. It's a great concept. I'm backing them. I back their energy. I back their youth. Well, they're not that young, but I, I back their <laughs> relative youth. Um, I really like their concept. I'm a big boxing fan, but I love the fact that they've taken boxing and they've democratised it make it available to everybody. Good luck, guys. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Thanks Mark. for your time. Cheers. Hustle Boxing. Yeah. Bring it on. Get Bring some. it on. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.